0: This is Health Matters with Cipla. Hey everybody, welcome back to Health Matters. This is a podcast series brought to you proudly by Sipla. My name is Ryan O'Connor. Now spring has finally sprung. Now for a lot of us, that's a good thing, but also for others, we kind of wonder why we're feeling a little congested like I am at the moment. Uh, So uh, with seasons come obviously these type of effects, these allergies. Did you know that allergic rhinitis is one of the most common chronic medical conditions? And in actual fact, it is the most common chronic disease in kids. Now, Dr. Corley Lauder is the founder of the Allergy and Asthma Clinic in George. Uh, of course, that's in the Western Cape in South Africa. Uh, she also is a GP with a special interest in allergic disease. Of course, she is a member of the SA Allergic Rhinitis Working Group, a focus group of the Allergy Society of South Africa. Here to help us learn a little bit more about allergies and share some useful information, doctor, you can Yeah, you found the right person to be chatting to now. I've gone literally from a varying degree of temperatures where I've just currently been. But it's obviously one of the reasons why I sound like I do today.
1: Absolutely, Ryan. Thank you very much for this opportunity to come and talk about allergic rhinitis because obviously that is my passion in life. And exactly that. People get off guard and it hits them unawares. And I always make the analysis for why does this happen Kind of like a diabetic that is well controlled and then they drink that sugar sugary drink and then the blood sugar is up and they need more insulin and they unwell and but they can stop drinking that sugary drink immediately. They have got total control. Yes. You didn't have any control about the temperature and even more scary, what is in the next breath that you're going to take, yes, and that is what is making my life so very interesting <laughs> and frustrating for the patients. Now,
0: um, you know what really surprises me is that allergic rhinitis or AR is the most cr- common chronic uh, disease in kids as well. And then you think, well, why, why, why kids? And then at what age does this start becoming a a, a common sight?
1: So there's different. Allergies, obviously. So in the little ones, we start usually with atopic dermatitis, eczema on the skin. And some of them do have food allergies. It's not always all patients that has got um, eczema that are food allergic, but that happens. And then the inhalant allergens, the hay fever and the asthma, the allergic rhinitis, that comes a little bit later because you have to be exposed to something before you actually develop the disease, we'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah. But one of our mentors in allergology in South Africa is Professor Eugene Weinberg from the Red Cross Children's Hospital, and he always got frustrated. And if he reads articles and it says that allergic rhinitis only happens after the age of three, four, the little ones can have it as well. Okay, got gotcha. you. But there are different allergens that will cause allergy. And that time span changes. So in the children, allergic diseases happens and the quality of life is poor. And even though it is one of the most common reasons that people visit a doctor and children, it's still being confused with viral infection. And that thing that patients come to the doctor and say, doctor, I've got sinus. Yes. So, what does that mean? mean yeah. Is it sinusitis? Sinus, sinus? yes. Is it a rhinitis Is it a cold? What does sinus mean? Ah, very,
0: very interesting. Um, Doc, how prevalent is it in South Africa specifically? What does our research show?
1: Unfortunately, like um, research in South Africa goes, we don't have that great data of South Africa. There was, in the past, there has been a multi-central, worldwide study in children, the ISAAC study, and that was in three phases. In the phase one, only Cape Town was involved, and they looked at the incidence, the prevalence, it was telephonic interviews of allergic rhinitis and asthma in six to seven-year-olds, and then also the 12 to 13-year-olds. And then a few years later, the ISAAC 2, we were not part of that, and ISAAC 3 then came and Cape Town and also Polakwani was part of that. And it's around about 31%. There was also an increase from the first Isaac to the third one. So we know there's a rise in incidence. So if we look at incidents worldwide, it's somewhere between 30 and 40% of the population. That's huge. And still probably underdiagnosed. No. Professor Glynne Scadding is a very well-known allergologist, you know, and throat specialist from the UK, part of the Euphoria, which is a force in Europe that drives knowledge about allergies and mm. also the European Allergy Organization. And Professor Glynne Scadding always says that allergic rhinitis are still underdiagnosed and poorly controlled up to today in 2023.
0: Crazy, and then you, doc, you get those that blame our poor flowers. Our flowers get the worst worst rap on earth. It changes season, and the flowers are beautifully coming out, and all all these beautiful flowers are causing my allergies to flare up. And you know they get a bad rap, and people start talking about these flowers. But it's more than just the flowers. I mean, we've got uh, other allergens such as uh, grass and tree pollen. They play a role in that as well. Am I right in saying?
1: Absolutely, and mostly so. Ah. But remember that, especially in the modern society, mm. we are doing a video because people do not only listen to the radio. We yep. are vis- visually stimulated. Okay. So we see the wonderful flowers and we blame them. Yes. But it's probably the grass pollen and the tree pollen. Ah. And also not the tree pollen, those fluffy things that you see all the time. Mm. Probably not them. It's the smaller particles. We blame what we can see and what we can smell. But if we look at the flowers, especially those with a wonderful odour like the jasmine or the in Gauteng where I come from before I relocated to um, George four years ago, the yesterday, today, and tomorrow, because it grows there, we've got frost up there, um, but that blooms beautifully for a long time. Mm. So we can smell that and we blame that. But the ones that we can smell are sticky. Ah. It doesn't really penetrate well. The bigger pollen doesn't penetrate well because it has to be very small, not sticky, to be incorporated by the immune system to elicit a reaction. Ah. So we see the flower, but we don't realize that it's actually the grass pollen that we are inhaling. That
0: is amazing. So
1: shame all this This
0: time... We've been blaming those flowers going, and people see them, especially in the Western Cape. I mean, you travel up the West Coast, the flowers in the West Coast, people travel just to see those flowers. And they go, oh, the flowers are out. That's why I can't breathe. Absolutely. Little did you know that it's not in actual fact those flowers that are causing your, your reaction.
1: But if you do have uncontrolled allergic rhinitis, so that Got you. upper airways are inflamed, mm. and it's not well controlled, and you smell... The odour, the smell, the perfume, smell the roses, that now becomes an irritant. Like your change in weather, the temperature, sudden um, cold, southern heat, a thunderstorm. Because there's underlying inflammation, Mm. that now causes an exacerbation of your symptoms. Got you.
0: Are some people naturally allergic to pollen or is is this a condition that can develop over time?
1: Also twofold, nothing is in modern life an easy answer because of global warming and things that are changing. Mm. So we know that some families Mm. have got a lot of allergic people in them. So so we call them, that isn't a topic family. They have got the tendency to develop allergy antibodies towards something in the environment which I must say, was in the first place never the enemy. Yes. So the immune system was never supposed to make an antibody and fight the grass pollen. But some message got a little bit cross-wired, so that is what the immune system do. Mm. So we know that if mom has got asthma and dad has got atopic dermatitis, the chances that their baby are going to be allergic as well is higher. Gotcha. But we also see randomly in patients that do not have any family history, that there are actually allergies developing. And again, unfortunately, modern life, that can be detrimental. And I must just say here that if you do decide the doctor, I've got sinus, make sure that it is a bacterial sinusitis before you and the doctor demand an antibiotic. Gotcha. Because if you are a newlywed couple, and you really, really, really do not want your baby to have allergies. Mm. There are three things that you can do that can avoid the development or decrease the risk, let's call it that. Okay. The one you don't always have a choice because some babies has to be born by C-section yes, because exactly. of emergency reason. Yes. But please don't just choose it because it's convenient because yes. that increases your risk. Yeah. The second thing is the parents smoking. So they can stop smoking. Definitely, and they should for themselves yes. as well. And then the third thing is antibiotic abuse. Wow. Clear, clear evidence that that increased the risk of that child to become a topic. No antibiotics in the first two years of life unless it really, 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 really is important.
0: Sure, that's, this is such an interesting conversation. Um, doctor, what I've noticed, and this is a part of, I guess, the next question, is that I've noticed we've become a bit more aware socially of a pollen count. Now, many years ago, uh, you used to have these things on radio, like, like a weather report. Now we've got pollen reports on radio. And it's something we didn't have 10 years ago. And all of a sudden, it's become more important to know, is there a way besides listening to a radio to, to kind of a check if there's more pollen in an area that we're working, for example, or maybe other parts of the country?
1: Absolutely, Ryan. And that is really, really a buzzword in allergology worldwide and as well because of global warming all these flooding that we saw in the Western. Yes. Now, global warming is a reality. So mm. pollination seasons get longer and longer. So we always see that in South Africa, we don't have to worry about trees too much. And also if they do pollinate, it will be end of August, September, October, and that's it. And then a wonderful, wonderful initiative that Professor Johnny Peter from UCT Lung Institute started. Professor Paul Potter did many years ago at UCT, so we have got data of pollination in Cape Town for many years, but that was the only center that did it consistently. So what Prof. Peter did with collaboration, because all these things cost money, and we need to have pollen surveillance. Mm. What you see on your cell phone is thumbs up. There are only nine, there's 10, but the one is not up and running at the moment, real pollen counters of South Africa where it is so fascinating because now we can see what is in the air that we are breathing yes. which pollen does doctors have to test for in a certain area and when does the pollination season of the trees first and then the grass start? Why is that important? If we have got a patient that really is only allergic to pollen, they're not allergic to um, house dust mite, which is a very important allergen, but we're not talking about that today, but what about the pollen? We we then can say then you know what, last year, September you were already in trouble. So beginning of August, we need to start controlling the inflammation in your airways. And we have to carry on longer because it's not only September, October. Mm. We know now in the Western Cape in Cape Town area, it's longer. Mm. So visit the Real Pollen Count of South Africa's website. Mm. Every single week, it gets updated. It's absolutely fascinating. And it can really, really change your life. And it can also, if your doctor are not aware about the site, then look at that and tell your doctor that, you know what, doc? Every year, this time of the year, Mm. I exacerbate. I've got sinus. Yes. So, can't it be allergic rhinitis? Shouldn't I be tested for pollen? And now the doctor can also look... What do we need to test for in this year? Oh,
0: brilliant.
1: We've got pollen calendars now. That is is wonderful.
0: Incredible. Uh, Doc, I think finally, just to kind of uh, sum things up, the treatments available, what is the best way to treat uh, allergic rhinitis? And, you know, what are those options available? And again, uh, we've come a long way. You know, uh, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago before there was maybe only one over the counter. Now we're spoiled for choice. Definitely.
1: So that's what, Definitely depend on the severity of the symptoms. So we talk about roughly about the runners and the blockers. So those patients that really just sneeze, yeah. watery nose, sneezing all the time, eyes are um, itchy because it's really detrimental if you rub your eyes too often. There, an antihistamine is definitely a choice. Okay. Second-generation antihistamine, remember by the non-sedating ones, because the sedating ones, we don't always realise it causes sedation and then we get behind a wheel. Not a good idea. So, non-sedating antihistamines, the second generations. And symptom relief for your blockers as well, because it often goes hand in hand. But allergic rhinitis is chronic inflammation. In your patient that has got it whole year round, so they've got indoor allergens and seasonal exacerbation, or the patient that has got seasonal exacerbation but severe, those patients need to be on an intranasal steroid spray. We don't want steroids to be taken orally. We don't want to drink them. We don't want injections. It's not a good thing. Lots of side effects. But if we use it locally in the nose, safety data from two years of age for constant treatment. Life changing. You're going to smell the roses. Yes. Okay. Even though you're sneezing from the pollen, but you won't have that inflammation and the congestion. You're going to sleep better, yes. so less tiredness and lethargy the next day. Life changing.
0: This has been life changing. Dr. Loder, thank you so much for your time today. This has been one of those conversations that, uh, you know, even to somebody who tr- thinks they know a little bit about uh, as the subject of allergies, you've you've enlightened me uh, as to a whole lot of things. And being a dad of two girls that have also had uh, difficulties with allergies, it's it's been enlightening. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Ryan. And
0: it's been another great episode of Health Matters brought to you by Sipla. Remember to like, subscribe, uh, follow the journey. Also a reminder, we're available on YouTube as well. And we'll be back soon with another episode of Health Matters. You've just enjoyed Health Matters with Sipla.